0: Cool, theme song. Um, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Week Catra. That's four for all my uh, non-French speakers out there. Um, Week, month four. Month four? Oh, my God. Episode four of PH5. Uh, The world's greatest um, show. How are you guys doing today? Um, I'm hungover a little bit. Uh, I actually just spent the past probably 20 minutes trying to set this podcast up, get everything ready to go. I couldn't figure out what was going on, and uh, I was using my laptop's mic instead of my actual condenser mic that I have. Um, so my brain's a little bit fuzzy today. Uh, not like I'm in school for audio engineering or anything like that, and uh, that doesn't matter. I got it figured out, I'm sounding crisp, and I'm feeling ready to talk about April's music. Uh, April, it's May right now, isn't that weird? Uh, fun fact, my last name is May, and my birthday's in May. So you can draw your own conclusions about the mischievous, mis- <laughs> mischievousness of my parents. Um, last month, episode, whatever you want to call it, was a long one. I recognize that. Thank you to anyone who stuck through it. Today's episode's not going to be so long. Uh, this is going to be a real meat and potatoes type episode. We're going to get right into it. We're going to talk about dimensions we're going to talk about uh my five favorite records from the month and um nothing special this time no we're just doing straight bare bones ph5 back to basics you know the classic so buckle up uh grab a soda and let's do this ph5 Mmm, just had a few swigs of a uh, delicious coffee from my local AW. AW coffee? What? I know. It's not bad, actually. I'd recommend giving it a try. They also have, right now, I tried it last night, these Havarti burgers. Sensational. They've got like roasted red pepper on them, some chimichurri aioli, I don't even know what that means. It's good shit, um, highly recommended. Okay, anyway, enough about uh, Havarti burgers. I'm, they're not even like paying me to do that. I should probably just let them know that I basically single-handedly increase their sales at least 200% and I should get a cut of that Havarti cheddar, like money, money from their Havarti sales. Havardy and Cheddar two different, very distinct, types of cheese. Number five. Let's just go. Let's just do it. So number five for April is the record A Softer Focus by Claire Rousey. Now, Claire is a pretty prolific artist. She's been releasing music at a pretty high clip for the past few years. Uh, but a softer focus kind of feels like the culmination of all of her efforts of the past little while and feels like her definitive record to date. Uh, It's definitely the one that has seen the most high profile release and uh, coverage and reception and for really good reason. Um, She's an incredibly unique artist and it's kind of hard to describe exactly what kind of music it is that she makes um, it's it's very ambient for sure but it's not ambient music, it's, it's almost like this interesting mix of sound design and ambience and what she essentially does is she uses a lot of field recording work and she kind of places you in these moments in her life and she's I'd say she brings in techniques of ASMR and um, field recordings again like really soft new-agey kind of synths and what you end up is with this these songs that make you feel like you're right there in these moments with her it's really emotionally evocative stuff Um, it's not what you would normally consider music or songs. It's kind of like soundscapes for experiences, if that makes any sense. Um, it's really unique stuff, and I, I haven't really quite heard anything like it before. It's its its kind of a new way to approach creating music and, and, and creating sound art. Uh, it's a beautiful record to just kind of put on and, and, and like bliss out to, and and just kind of allow yourself to be placed into those moments with her. And yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It's extremely unique. The uh, the album art is really beautiful. It's like some like melting pumpkins. That's what it looks like to me. Maybe it's flowers, Um, but I see melting pumpkins. Anyway, really cool record. Um, I think that she has a very illustrious career ahead of her I think that we're going to see her start to branch out from music and start to work on productions and and probably a lot of contemporary more modern experience art pieces because her vision is, is, is so much beyond just the simple idea of like oh here's track one here's track two uh, it's very much for her about this wholesome unique experience that sound can bring to you and you know with a, a mind like hers and her creativity being the way it is I don't see her being confined to the simple album format for too much longer And I think we're going to see a lot of this in the future where, you know, people have been, it's more easily accessible to get different DAW softwares and and people have been growing up with YouTube and the internet, and they just have a much better understanding of how audio technology works. So where, where we've seen this kind of upswell of bedroom producers, I think that's going to be taken to the next level, and we're almost going to see like bedroom sound designers um people who just kind of take the craft beyond music and uh, i'd say claire is kind of at the forefront of this so keep your eye on her again that's number five for april is a softer focus by claire rousey Number four, so in the vein of producers and sound design, uh, the next record that we have is Rare Forever by Leon Vinehall. Leon's a really cool guy. He's a British producer. He makes, you know, electronic music, club music, but he also does foray into sound design as well and in the past a lot of his releases have kind of been well you know here's your here's your club track you know and here's your more kind of interesting experimental sound design track um he's kind of kept those two parts distinct from one another in his works uh but this latest record by him kind of sees him mirroring these two concepts together and you get these club ready tracks you know with a uh, amazing grooves and beats Um, but within these tracks he's he's integrated a lot of his really interesting experiments in sound design so you're left with these it's like a mixture of really heady and really body forward music where if you want you can get off your ass and you know pop a pill and go wild and just, you know, ball out to this shit. Or, you could smoke a joint, put it on, and just kind of marvel at the different uh, editorial choices, we'll say, that he's made with the sounds that he's incorporated into these songs. Um, <clears throat> he's... It's a... There are, like, bangers, for sure, but he, he really makes you work for them. Um like for example, the first I think two songs on this record don't even really have a beat. There's a lot of a uh, tension and lead up. Tension's the wrong word because it's a very fun record. It's uh there's a lot of joy put into it. You can see the song titles are all really cheeky and just, you know, really evocative of someone who's just looking to have a good time and kind of play with his audience. So it's a, it's a fun record and it's kind of like a choose your own adventure with this one because you can interpret it however you want. You can, like I said, put it on and just start dancing and lose yourself. And you know, all those things that we haven't really been able to do. What with this uh, COVID-19 business. Or you can put it on, like I said before, and just kind of trip out and be like wow this is cool those are cool noises whoa what was that huh weird sweet really interesting record um probably up there with one of my favorite electronic records of the year so far um i've been kind of step moving a little bit away from more purely electronic music as of late so to listen to a record like this that really touched me and um, made me really feel things the way that this one did. It's nice because it kind of makes me feel like okay I haven't completely lost touch with that side of myself yet. So that is number four Leon Vinehall with Rare Forever. It's Rare comma forever by the way if you're looking it up. And it's weird because there's another album that we're going to talk about today that is a word, comma, word title too. I wonder what it could be. Only time will tell. Woo, I just had like 400 swigs of coffee and I am feeling fantastic right now. And I'm really ready to talk about number three. So number three on PH5, April edition, is La Maquina by Conway the Machine. You guys like that kind of slight Spanish lilt that I just put in, La Maquina. You know, it's, it's not too much that it borders on being kind of offensive and, and non-tasteful. But, you know, it's, it's enough that you know that um, I'm, I'm putting a little bit of a spice in it, you know? A little bit of a spice. Anyway, uh, Conway is a member of the acclaimed Brooklyn rap group Griselda. Griselda, for those of you who don't know, are an interesting phenomenon in hip-hop these days because they really hearken back to kind of that 90s boom-bap but they've done it in a way that they've almost made it mainstream again. Like, yeah, sure, there's been there's been rappers since the '90s who have just been continuing plugging on with the boom bap beats and sticking to that sound. Um, but that's not really that's kind of stuck underground and. You know, it has remained its own kind of separate thing from what is going on in kind of, we'll say, mainstream hip-hop right now. But Griselda is really interesting because they found a way to incorporate a lot of those 90s street sounds back into the mainstream. And they've just been massively influential on this kind of resurrection of that New York street sound in hip-hop. So, this is Conway's. Oh, excuse me. I had to, uh. had a burp. Y'all know what that's like. So, uh, this is Conway's first record of the year. It's the second Griselda release of the year. Uh. Benny had an album out a few months ago. I didn't love it, and listening to Benny's album, I was kind of like, maybe I'm kind of getting over this Griselda thing. Like, yeah, what they've done is cool by making kind of that boom bap style cool again and bringing it back to more youthful audiences but it was kind of losing its appeal on me he there wasn't anything really interesting happening on the album and i kind of thought wow i mean this is a full-length collaboration with the alchemist of all people and i'm still not excited by it Maybe the Griselda thing is dead. Uh, No, it's not. It's not at all. Um, Conway's new record, La Makina, is fantastic. It uh, has a lot of those older style sounding beats. um, But he also brought in, for example, Murda Beats to produce a track. um, And he's got, for example, J.I.D. on a song, who is a... kind of at the forefront of the Atlanta hip-hop scene right now um, with his work with J. Cool's Dreamville label. And it's just a cool record. Again, it it sees Conway kind of mixing the old and the new together in a way that's really refreshing. Um, for example, on track KD, he uh, he adapts the Kodak Black No Flockin uh bodak yellow cardi b flow which is you know it's a new flow it's kind of a it's something that the newer generation of rap stars are using and he's using it and bringing it into an older sounding style of hip-hop uh the record's really consistent and it really shows griselda's penchant for brevity as well uh the amount of bloated hip-hop releases these days is just ridiculous like For example, we had Slime Language 2 from Young Thug's Y-Cell label released this month. And there's a few great tracks on there, but there's also like 30 other bad songs. And it just kind of takes away from the bright moments that the record does have. But uh, Conway's record, there's only like 11 or 12 songs, and they're all great. Uh, it's, It's easy to just listen to it the whole way through, no skips. Um... Just solid rap music, and uh, it's hard these days to find a hip hop album that you can just put on from start to finish without being like, Well, this was obviously industry filler, or this was just a throwaway track that they put on here to you know get streaming numbers up. So, thank you, Conway, for recognizing that the hip hop album is still. A format that needs to be cherished and looked after and it's still possible to make a consistently good record in rap music these days so at number three that's conway the machine with la maquina that was me taking it too far Okay, now we're gonna take a little break from the list format and we're gonna move into, that's right, we've all been waiting for, The Mentions. Cue the horribly off-key Mentions thing. These are The Mentions. Are the mentions. The mentions. The mentions. It's really bad. Um, okay, so for this episode, The Mentions, uh, if this is your first time tuning in, the way that this works is, these are the albums that didn't quite make the top five, but I still wanted to talk about them for one reason or the other. So we've got the Honourable Mention, the Mention, and the Dishonourable Mention. So let's start with the dishonorables. let's start with those pieces of shit. Uh, I pluralized there, I don't know if you notice, and that's because this week There are not one, but two Dishonorable Mentions. Uh, I consider a Dishonorable Mention an album that I was excited for, looking forward to, and it just didn't live up to whatever, for whatever reasons. And there were two of those this month. Ouch, right? Ironically, both of them by bands that start with the letter G. I don't know what that means, you tell me, but could mean something. So first one, let's talk about da, 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 the latest Godspeed You Black Emperor album called "Gods P at State's End," which is a great album title, and I was really stoked to listen to this because "Gods P" that's jokes. What would "Gods P" be? Maybe like, I don't know, grape juice. Um, so this record, Godspeed is in its kind of second run. They had a legendary run of records in the 90s to early 2000s. They disappeared for a while, and then they came back uh, arguably stronger than ever with one of, I'd say, the best albums of the last decade, Alleluia, Don't Bend, descend. Just an incredible album. Bladich has got to be just probably their best song, if I'm being real. Uh, So when they came back, it was a big deal. And it was like, okay, yeah, they're back. They're better than ever. This is awesome. They're a great band. um, And they really bring something unique to the table that no other artists are doing right now. So, God's P, huh? Um you know what, appropriate title because uh, this record is piss, uh, in a bad way. I know there's a few pee fetishes out there that are listening and being like, whoa, this guy needs to stop trash talking piss. But I'm doing it right now, okay? Uh, the record is very boring. And Godspeed, you know, they, they play post rock. It's a It's a genre that is conducive to boringness, I guess you could say. That's shady of me. But it's true. Um, But they've always managed to make it exciting. They've always been very dynamic. Uh, And they just, when they really get going, they really know how to just kick ass and and rock hard and create these like volatile moments. But I don't hear any of that on this record. I probably listened to the whole thing through four or five times and I, I couldn't pick out a single moment from the entire thing. It just all kind of washes over you and, and, and then it's over and you're like, wait, wh- when is something going to happen? Um, it's it's disappointing because I really do believe that they are one of the most exciting bands uh, to come out of Canada. Um but this record is just... Bleh. I still believe that they have greatness in them. Again, they had a... They're on basically two legendary runs now. So, you know, one bad record. You can't fault the band that. But unfortunately, this is just not good. I hate to say it. I love them. Wonderful... Great live, I would definitely go I would go see this live for sure, even if it sucks, because it was just so cool. Live, there's like 20 of them. Guys are playing like violins and like harps and shit. It's cool, uh, but it just, unfortunately this time around, that grandeur that they seem to possess doesn't translate onto record. So Dishonorable Mention number one, Is God's P at State's End by Godspeed, You Black Emperor. Okay. Dishonorable Mention number two. Um, Oh, this one hurts. It is the latest album by Gojira, Fortitude. Oh, what? Guys, what ha- what is this? What- What- Like, what is this record? Okay. How do I even describe what's going on? It's very strange. Um, <clears throat> And I like strange, normally. But, they have somehow managed to make bad strange, which is almost impressive. There are so many questionable choices in this album, it's, it's not even funny. Um... And it's 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 a frustrating listen because there are great songs on it, like opening track "Born for One Thing," um, is amazing. It's 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 a fantastic song, and when they release it as the lead single for this album, I was so stoked. Um, and then <laughs> the next single they release, which is also the second song of the album, "Amazonia," has got to be one of the most Baffling songs that I've ever heard my entire life like what the fuck is this shit? Why did why did you make this? It's got like a didgeridoo in it (laughs) Which again like Couldn't you have made that cool? No, it just it sounds really stupid um and and then it 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 just keeps going with with more questionable ass decisions there's a a song called the chant which like honest to god sounds like a bad nickelback song um there are there are these songs on there i I know that the record's whole thing is is obviously about you know being positive and holding strong and you know being resilient you know fortitude or whatever but it, it goes right into cheesy territory at some points um it's not a good album it's it's actually pretty bad and oh it just hurts because i i love these guys these guys have basically put out like six straight killer records and to see the quality of work just drop off this sharply with this album it's it's I don't know, it's troubling stuff. Um, it's one of those records that you, you just wish they hadn't released. I don't know how else to say it. It just sucks. Um, it's just, the mixing is weird. Everything just sounds kind of off. I, I don't know. There's really very little redeeming qualities about the thing. First song is great, Born For One Thing. Banger, check that one out. But, and, you know, I, I actually almost recommend listening to it, because you need to understand just how fucking weird this thing is, and it's a great example of strange music that is just not good. And, uh, we'll come back to that idea a little bit later. Anyway, Dishonorable Mention number two is Fortitude by Gojira. You suck! Which brings us to The Mention. <clears throat> the Mention is an album that, <sighs> it's not a dishonorable mention, it's not an honorable mention, it's just kind of like, huh, you know? So for this week, I gotta stop saying that. Um, it's not weekly, it's monthly. Should I do weekly? Been thinking about it, anyway. So the mention for this week is "Ultra Pop" by The Armed. Uh, and the reason why it's a mention is because I haven't seen a, we'll call it a quote-unquote hardcore album, get this much hype in a long time. Uh, considering The Armed is basically not even a real band and more of like a, a marketing agency, I'm not surprised that it got this much hype and this much kind of public interest because marketing the they obviously put more time into marketing the album than making these songs um but that's what i find really interesting is because through their marketing efforts they've almost seemed to hoodwink most people into thinking that the album itself is really good uh it's been getting kind of universally praised across the board um but i just don't really see it i mean i i i like the armed i i liked i loved their last record only love um their self-titled amazing records and this is easily their weakest album but it's also the one that everyone seems to be talking about the most um we but another reason why I wanted to kind of mention it is because despite the fact that I just don't really think most of the songs on this album are that strong. Uh, it does have what I would consider to currently be my track of the year. Uh, average death is the name of the song. And when this album dropped, I basically listened to that song on repeat for a week. Um, and it's still in regular rotation. It's, I think, like just the perfect amalgamation of everything that this band has been trying to do, um, especially with ultra pop. Um, it's like uh, it, it's it's definitely a pop song, but kind of through the lens of. How do you even put this, like, glitchy breakcore, hardcore? Um, yeah, but it's it, it's just, like, a perfect song. And and they really nailed it. And it, it almost feels like they built the entire album around this song. It's right in the center. <clears throat> and it's just obviously the best song. But the rest of the album just kind of falls flat in comparison. It's almost like they made too good of a song and they couldn't really follow it up with anything as good um, but honestly it's <clears throat> it's worth listening to the record just to hear that song or you know what maybe even don't even listen to the record and just listen to that song it's called Average Death by The Armed um, check it out I love it I'm obsessed with it the rest of the album though kind of whatever hate to say it But I'm the only one saying it. and Everyone else loves it. So, you know what? You check it out. Maybe I'm missing something. Check it out. Give it a listen. Let me know what you think. Because I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Cool. Anyway. Dimension. The Armed. Ultra Pop. And the honorable mention for this episode is going to go to the band Cruelty, their latest album, There Is No God Where I Am. I actually only listened to this record for the first time uh, yesterday. It, It was one of those... This was a tricky month because like 10 albums came out on April 30th, so i basically spent all day april 30th and and the day after like walking around trying to listen to them all just because i want to make sure that i'm giving you guys the best possible experience okay so i'm devoted to this shit you're welcome anyway the album it really uh it caught me off guard it's a How I said before with the Gojira album, it's an example of strange music that just doesn't quite work. Uh, This is the complete opposite of that. So This is a weird record that definitely works because of how weird it is. Um, It's heavy. It's definitely metal hardcore for sure, but it's basically impossible to pinpoint a specific subgenre or anything like that that you can pigeonhole this album into. Uh, it's constantly going places you're not expecting it to go. Uh, there's also a lot of interesting sound design on this one. Um, maybe that's this week's theme. I don't know. But it's a cool album that is, again, it just takes a lot of unexpected turns and is very unpredictable. And it makes it a lot of fun to listen to. I've already listened to the whole thing through like three times now, and I'm still learning uh, new things that are gonna happen, and I'm still being caught off guard by everything that's going on in the record. It's a really, it's it's one of the more interesting, heavy releases that I've heard this year. Uh, I didn't quite crack the top five. Again, it was a very strong month but it was really good and i'm super excited to see what these guys will do next because there's a lot of potential a lot of promise with this record and i don't know these guys could make some serious waves in the future so this is me telling you keep your eyes open on this band okay cruelty there is no god where i am and those are the mentions. These are, the mentions. These are the, mentions. the mentions. The mentions. Okay. So, those are the mentions. Now we can get back into talking about the final two records on the list. Just kidding. There's three records left. What? But you already went five, four, and three. I know. So what's gonna happen next? Well, let's find out. So for number two, let's, let's do a little, uh, a little lead into uh, explaining this one. So I listened to a lot of really cool black metal this month. Um, And I wanted to include as many of those records as I possibly could, but this isn't Phil's black metal podcast. This is PH5, where anything goes. Um, Yeah, but I can also do whatever the hell I want to, because this is my podcast. So, I decided to compromise. Instead of having my entire list be filled with black metal albums... I decided that I would award two records to my number two spot. Two similar records, but both with their own unique appeal. Um, so, for number two, we have the new Paysage Divay album, Geister, and we also have Spectral Wounds' latest album, A Diabolic Thirst. So let's start with Paysage first. Uh, I didn't appropriate a, f- a French accent lilt when I said Paysage Divé because I don't respect the French. Um, so Paysage released MWald last year, which was one of my top five records of the year. Um, and wow, what a crazy album that was. It was two hours long. So just two straight hours of lo-fi black metal bleakness and the record is called Imwald which I believe is German for in the forest and the album cover you kind of just see this figure in this snowy forest and it was such a such an appropriate title and, and cover for that record because um, I remember reading a critic somewhere describe the album as sounding like snow coming out of your speakers it was very evocative of winter time and just kind of being caught in a blizzard and kind of feeling that force of nature come down on you and it was a really cool record because it almost was ambient in how it was the sound was so lo-fi and kind of relentless for those 2 hours that you can almost just kinda zone out listening to it. Like it it, it, it almost bordered on ambience. Uh, this record's a lot different. So if Imwald was kind of like the winter record, I'd say that Pesage, uh went a season backwards for this one. And this is very evocative of let's say the fall of like a like a, a, th- a Autumn storm um, the Album's called Geister, which is German for ghost the album cover has this kind of menacing demonic face on it and The music kind of reflects that it's a it's a shorter album. It's only an hour long <laughs> um, but the production value is it's kind of turned up a bit, it's not as lo-fi as before, it's still pretty lo-fi for sure, but everything's a lot more present, um, the riffs are more defined, and the vocals, whereas his vocals were just kind of buried underneath everything with Imwald, uh, he's kind of pushed himself to the forefront of the mix with this one, and the result is this, it's a lot more I don't want to say scary, but it's a lot more menacing of a record than Imwald was. It uh, It's sharper, it kind of cuts deeper, and there's no way I would ever describe this album as being ambient. Uh, that being said, there are some ambient imp- interludes on the album, which again is a new thing for paysage uh, in, in terms of comparison to Imwald anyway. But it's it's just a lot more... Yeah, present is really the only way I can describe it. Uh, it's, you know, killer European black metal. I mean, you know what you're getting when you listen to it. But the riffs are great, his vocals are great, and the whole kind of sound of the entire record. It just sounds great. And it's an interesting new direction for him. Um, it's only really his second official release with Imwald being his first so I don't know if this is a trend that will continue in the future if he's just gonna continue like making his sound brighter and brighter as he goes but we'll find out so album one of number two it's not at all confusing is Geister by Paysage Divé and the second album for the tied number two spot was A Diabolic Thirst by Spectral Wound. So this is a Canadian black metal act. Uh, I don't know where they're from. Specifically. Sorry. Uh, But where Paysage kind of does more of a you know lower-fi kind of, how do I put this, frostier sound with the black metal they make. Spectral Wound is a lot more a lot more, I'll say like current. Um, Production value is a lot higher. Um, The album's shorter, the songs are shorter and more concise. They're more riff based. Uh, You know, whereas Paysage's songs are kind of just about creating that atmosphere and and you're not necessarily listening for the riffs. You're definitely listening for the riffs for a spectral Wound album. And there are tons of awesome riffs across this whole record. Uh, The vocals are a lot clearer, brighter, and uh, just straight up nastier. Uh, The album art's really cool in this one too. Some guy like pass out on a table, but in a spooky way. And this is another great record. Um, I really like black metal, so I'm biased, to be honest. Um, A really good, really solid black metal record will always fare really well with me, and that's just the case with this one. Um, It's not that I don't have good things to say about it, it's that there are really no bad things to say about it. It's just kind of a flawless, Slab of black metal badassery and this is still a relatively new unknown band Uh, I'm hoping that this record kind of opens them up to more people around the world because they just kick ass again uh, it's I don't want to say it's not anything special but sometimes if you just do something really really well it shows and it works and that's the case with this record so that's number two of number two a diabolic thirst by spectral wound shout out to canadian black metal and Last but of course certainly not least our number one record and I want to kind of make a big deal out of this, okay? Um, you got to make a big deal out of things in life, you know, keep things interesting keep yourself engaged uh, So this record I'm going to say is my first official Album of the Year Candidate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, number one is Entertainment Death by Spirit of the Beehive. I love this record a lot. Um, so, I was recently talking to a friend about, do you remember that, like, Wave of producers from like let's say 20, 2009 to like twenty thirteen, um, where like producers were really popular, you know like X X Y Y X X and Shlomo and and uh, that whole scene. Um, I remember at the time being kind of disdainful towards that whole wave because yeah they were able to create cool sounds and noises and whatnot like their producing game was on point but there was no there were no songs there's where was the songwriting you know where's the hooks where's the the melody where how am i supposed to get connected to this music if there's nothing really there to draw me in and, and appeal to that emotional side of me and the reason I bring this up is because this isn't this isn't like a, a producer, this is this is, they're a band for sure. But they've managed to kind of marry those two things together in a way that I haven't really heard a band be able to do before. Where they're able to create very interesting soundscapes, but that doesn't take away at all from the songwriting on the record itself. Uh, so the album was entirely self-produced by the band, which is insane, because the production on this record is—I haven't heard anything like this before. It's so unpredictable, and it's unpredictable, but. It feels... Warm? It's not alien It's... but it is alien. I don't see this is a hard record to talk about because There's no precedent for this for me personally Um, Which is a a part of the reason why I'm just so fascinated by this album Um, it's It's indie, okay, sure, you know Um, It's got those touches of emo and and post-hardcore. But those are just kind of flavors in this gumbo that they've created. Uh, There are parts of songs that hit really hard. There are parts of songs that are just pure like new age, almost vapor-wavy, soundscapes but they all fit together and and the way that the album has been kind of pieced together it just all works and it just makes sense and every time you feel like the cacophony is too much they come back at you with a really sweet melody that's just so appetizing and appealing And then that disappears and they go off into a different kind of discordant soundscape and then that moves into another beautiful moment and the album is just keeping you on your feet from start to finish and it is so engaging and you're always just so excited to see what's going to come next and even when i listen to it now i've listened to this thing like probably 10 times i still get excited because i i just don't know what's going to happen next uh even now and and it's so much fun to listen to and try to get to a point where okay yep yep now this is gonna happen and this is gonna happen and it's like a rewarding experience to be able to start to figure out the patterns on this album because they've intentionally made it pretty difficult to decipher and my favorite part of the entire record it goes through and It's just this massive mindfuck the entire time. And then we get to the last song, uh, Death, and it's just like this beautiful, disarming, mostly straightforward pop song. And you can just tell it's the band just being like, no, listen, we can make these easy, beautiful, simple, melodic songs. But why would we do that when we can do something so much more interesting instead? So... That... The last song kind of ties the whole record together and and reframes how you look at what you just listened to and it makes you realize like Yeah, like all those moments of beauty and and harmony and, and those melodies, that wasn't an accident. They're really fucking good at this. They can make amazing songs, but they can also do this. And why wouldn't you create this fascinating headfuck music that also contains all this beauty within it if you if you could do that? So, it's ambitious yet quaint. It's complex yet very simple at times the whole album is just a giant contradiction and you know what life is just a fucking giant contradiction you know so it's 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 just makes sense to me in that it doesn't make sense does that make sense so that's number one for april entertainment death by spirit of the beehive And that's it! We did it! Um, I promised this would be a shorter one, but it looks like we're currently at 50 minutes. (laughs) My bad, wow. You just listened to me talk for 50 straight minutes. You need a drink. Go get yourself a nice tall glass of water. Thanks for listening. If you have any feedback, any comments, please reach out. If you want to join me for an episode, please do. I'm fun, we'll have fun, we can talk, I mean, I talked about crawfish with my boy for like 10 minutes last time, you know, we can do whatever you want, but thank you so much for tuning in, it really does mean a lot, and until next time, stay, uh, stay, just, just stay, okay, hang in there, we got this, we got this. This is Phil May signing off, thank you.